<coughs> Testing, checking. Yes! Let's go! Heyo. Hi, everybody. It's me, Chef Josh. Once again, another episode of The Family Cast. Food and music is life. Yes. Yes, indeed. You know it is. You know the drill. Before I talk to you about today's guest, I was going to play you some rad music because I'm always in the, in the mood for new and uh, looking for new songs and music to play. I'm, I'm always trying to learn, right? So I am going to play for you a song by Bring On The Storm. They're a Canadian melodic hardcore punk band from Calgary, Alberta, if you will. Calgary to some people, Alberta. Um, And they are just, uh, I would say they're, some people would say skate punk, some people would say melodic hardcore, hardcore punk. It's a new song called Decomposed. Decompose, no D. And um, yeah, it's just a rad song and I wanted to share it with you. Their new album is going to be out on Thousand Islands Records based out of Canada. So check that out. That's, I believe the album is coming out in... January so I mean it's, it's at least new music they got new music out this month so you should check them out I'll put links in the show notes for it bring on the storm the song is basically about inv- an invisible monster that burdens and even sometimes takes life away we all know victims we've named the monster depression that's that's from their singer Chris um, yeah so it's um the song is the song's pretty badass to be honest and I haven't heard a song like this in a while for in at least in the skate punk scene so I like it a lot it's engineered by Casey from Belvedere it's mixed and mastered by John from PMX and uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one so here's the song decomposed by bring on the storm I'll talk to you after the song is over enjoy Demise 
See, that was pretty good, right? Uh, that was Bring on the Storm with Decompose. Look for that on Thousand Islands Records. I'll put links in the show notes as usual so you can find them, check them out, and stuff like that. Uh, so back to the back to the family cast. I'm Chef Josh, and today's guest is Chef Roy Elam, and he owns a restaurant in town called Donna Jean, which is a fantastic restaurant. They happen to be all vegan, and they are one of the best restaurants that I've tasted in a long time, uh, vegan or not. And he was also a musician in a local band called The Material, who have some amazing music I will play after the show. And he was also in Cope, who we, Dogwood actually played with in the St. Louis area a couple times back in the day. He was in a band called Spoken for a little bit on Tooth & Nail Records. And what else? Um, yeah, he's just an all-around cool dude about to open another restaurant in Los Angeles in the Sherman Oaks area. I won't give, give away too much of the conversation, but I wanted to um, say thanks for listening again. Yes, of course. Thank you for listening. Always share the show. It's get, we're getting the word out, right? Uh, find find the show on instagram.com forward slash the family cast. And there's links in the bio through the link tree, linkter.ee forward slash family cast. Most of the stuff is there that you can find. Um, the links are always going to be in the show notes if you need anything. I'm going to I'm gonna get right into the podcast now because uh, it's, a, it's a fun one. So without any further ado, we're going to dig in to my conversation. Chef Roy Elam from Donna Jean. Let's dig in. Good morning, Chef Roy. Hello. Welcome to the family cast. Food and music is life. Yes. Um, it, it came, it, it dawned on somebody dawned it to my attention that, that, uh, we were both chefs and musicians in San Diego. And, um, I was like, oh my gosh, uh, this is perfect. Gotta get him, gotta get him on. Yeah. Cause I've been, to, I've been to Donna Jean, which is your restaurant. And I didn't yeah. I had no idea. I had no idea that it was yours. Awesome. <laughs> um, until Steven's like, oh yeah, you should talk to, you should talk to Chef Roy. Um, and, and I then had, it, it just went from there. Boss. <laughs> yeah, totally. We're like, um, we're just doing all this, just having fun doing specialty foods and stuff like that. But yeah, he, I stole him, I guess, from your restaurant and, um, or, and, or, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit up. about, this you know, <laughs> it, it worked out, it did work out perfectly. Um, but like, you know, how, I mean, how did you end up in San Diego and also being in one of the a band from Arkansas and all that kind of stuff? Is there a little story behind that? Or are you always from San Diego? No, I'm actually from, um, well, I grew up in the St. Louis area. My, my dad was in the air force. So we moved, we moved there when I was in fifth grade. Mm. So, you know, that's kind of where I feel like I grew up because I was there, you know, I was like, Went to high school there, learned how to drive a car, you know, started bands and doing all that kind of stuff. So um, I lived there until I was 28, 29, something like that. And then uh, just decided to move to San Diego. Um, I was in between music projects and everything. And I heard that the scene in San Diego was good uh, from some friends. Mm -hmm. I just came out here on a whim. I came out first, um, landed in PB of all places. Uh, uh, my wife came out about six months later and then, um, lived here for uh, five years. And then we moved to Oregon cause my wife got a job up there. Then I landed in LA for like six, seven years. And then I'm back, now I'm back in San Diego. 
Okay, cool. Well, welcome home. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I was born in Missouri. And, oh, you um, but don't I don't know much about it. My dad was also a military. We were in the army, and yeah. so, so we were there was some moving, you know, as you know. Yeah. But I was born there, so funny, fun little fact about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but what about what about um, what did you get into first, chefing or or musicianship? Uh, music first, you know. I was um, that was always something I was really interested in from the moment I found like heard my first rock band. I was like, oh my god, this is what I want to do. Who was it? Uh, oh geez, the well, I'll say the first record I ever bought was kind of embarrassing. Was open up and say ah by Poison, and Hello. I think, yeah, it's like that whole uh like hair metal thing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it was just fun at the time but then, then record, I, got to, I got introduced to hardcore and it was all over after that first legit hardcore show i saw was at this place called the high point in uh st louis it was like this little tiny music venue above a theater and a mm -hmm. bar and it was a uh, snapcase refused and one came down and it was oh, refused my. before um before their first full length came out, they were still doing like the EP. And I was like, I was blown away. And then I remember when Snapcase came on, mm -hmm. it was like when Steps came out. It was like right oh, before, nice. right before Progression of the Unlearning came out. And I remember they, or maybe it had just come out. And I remember the first song I think they played was Caboose, which I guess is off of Progression. Mm -hmm. I had never seen like this mass of people just go up to the stage and just like be so <laughs> like it just forever changed how I thought about music and just the feeling that it gave me while I was there. It was pretty amazing. Is that that concert inspired you to start playing music too, or and I was already in bands, but it, it really just kind of shifted my focus to like, Oh, you don't have to be a radio band or arena mm -hmm. rock band to like actually do this. She was like, Oh, this is like, there's a connection that's there that, that uh, I just didn't understand before. So it was, it was pretty, yeah. So Snapcase was the hook. It really <laughs> was. Like, I, I was working with a guy um, who was in the hardcore scene. He was actually the friend I ever met as well. And he said, Hey, you should come check out this show. And I did. And it was, it was, it was the best thing. So that's a, what a good friend. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then, um, so, and then you ended up joining some buddies of mine in Spoken, right? Yeah. So I, I was in Spoken, but before that, I was a band with my brothers and a guy from high school. We were named Cope. It was like the first band, mm -hmm. like serious band I was in. We actually played with Dogwood. I think I remember in, that, yeah. Indiana, uh, Indianapolis or something. I, I feel like Squad 5.0 was on that show. And I, I'm pretty sure we played with you guys in like Tom Fest, Texas as well. My brother uh -huh. and I were talking about this. My, my youngest brother, actually both my brothers were in the band with me. And we were like, man, where did we see and play with Dogwood? And I know it was Tom Fest, Texas. And then also I think we saw you guys in Tom Fest, Portland as well. That's but so yeah, awesome. we were Dogwood fans back then. It was so much fun. I totally remember Cope, yeah. Um, yeah. I think that, I believe that was like, that was either Indianapolis and or maybe also Evansville, Indiana. Probably uh, Evansville, like I remember that. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. But we definitely did a lot in the St. Louis area as well. Yeah. Um, but that's cool. So cope. Yeah. We we played in Nashville a ton, you know, just because that was a five hour drive away. So yeah, it was it was it was fun. We we did a couple national tours in that band, but then mm -hmm. we kind it kind of fizzled out for one reason or another. I don't know why. And then uh, we had played with Spoken a bunch, and Matt hit me and my youngest brother up because he was a drummer and asked us if we both wanted to join because that was they had lost guitar and drummer at the same time oh 
I, I did, and then my youngest brother ended up not doing it. So I was only with Spoken for, let's say, a year, year and a half, something like that. It was like 2000 into 2001. I think I quit right before 9-11. It's just like a, you know, a marker in, right. in, yeah. in life. Because I remember mm-hmm. they I left a guitar or something in their trailer, and they happened to be coming through, and I met them. It was like the day after, and we were just talking about it, you know. Oh, my. Yeah. Uh, everyone everyone will remember that as a, yeah, a historical sure. like landmark i guess but um you know before yeah. and after right yeah for sure and then and then chefing came you know after after you quit the band then yeah well so when i well after i got done with spoken i came back to st louis and played in some other random bands and then that all kind of dro- dried up and i was working in restaurants at the time i was working at denny's for the mm-hmm. longest time because it was just easy you know, I could go out and play shows and come back. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, but it sparked my interest. I really enjoyed being in the kitchen because I did every job there. I was a server. I was a host. I was, I was a busboy. I was a dishwasher. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed being in the kitchen. So I, I learned that. Um, and it was just it was just a job at, the, at that point. But then after I went vegan or started dabbling with vegetarianism, especially like late 90s, early 2000s, living in the Midwest, there was really no vegan anything. So we we just, my wife and I just started learning how to cook and how to make things for ourselves. But it was, you know, very, very, um, you know, kind of arcane at the time, just like figuring out how to do things without cheese and meat and whatever. But then when I moved to San Diego, I got introduced to this guy named Mitch Wallace, who eventually became my business partner in Donna Jean. Um, mm-hmm. But he had this little vegan restaurant and I needed a job. Um, and uh, my friends hooked me up with them and I started working for him. And that's when I feel like I started getting serious about learning how to cook and yeah. being in a restaurant and accepting management positions and, you know, doing that kind of stuff. So, yeah. I remember those, all those jobs and getting to, you know, moving up and having fun at each position too, honestly, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> so every once in a while, I'll just like wash dishes for an hour just to stop, yeah. st- stop cooking, you know, exactly. um, <laughs> but I, I own the restaurant. So it happens sometimes <laughs> you do it. You have to do it all right. Like, and exactly. then was did Mitch, did what was Mitch's vegan restaurant? It was called Kung food at the time. It was, uh, Oh yeah. Yeah, right, right there in Bankers Hill. Mm-hmm. So it, it was like this food by the pound kind of hippie commissary kind of <laughs> come in and it's a line, you know? Yeah. And at that time, that was right when, before it turned into what he has now, which is the drive through evolution, which is the uh, our next door neighbors at Donna Jean. So I was there when we cut the hole in the wall to make the drive through window and the very very beginning of that whole menu and I, I think i stayed there for about two years and then i uh i left because we were going on tour and eventually oh no i left because we were moving to oregon and then eventually ended up in la and then i started uh really being serious about cooking and having legit restaurant jobs when i moved to la so yeah. i was i ended up being the head chef of this restaurant called sun cafe and then I left there and got hooked up with Matthew Kinney and worked with Scott Weingard at Make and then uh, Plant Food and Wine, which was the last kitchen management job I had before I moved into owning my own place. 
That's really cool. That's a, that's a great progression. Yeah. Where, and those are, those are good names to know in the scene, yeah. you know, um, yeah, I'm talking sure. to Scott later this week. So that's, that's, um, <clears throat> that is, I will say what you will about LA, but there's a lot of more, there's a lot more opportunities because it's so much bigger. There's more vegan restaurants. There's more vegetarian yeah. restaurants and there's more vegetarian diners to go and I, vegan diners. Right. I definitely have a, a, a very specific love hate relationship with LA. Like, I I, <laughs> it still feels like home when I go up there. Cause I lived there for so long, mm-hmm. but now that I've, permanently in san diego i'm just like i'm just gonna go back home because it feels so much nicer down there <laughs> yeah especially like if now you're if you're settled in a beach city compared to you know the, the beach cities in la are not quite the it's a different vibe it's just la is just a different vibe altogether yeah and um, it takes so long to get to the beach so you have to plan your day around it now I unless you live there yeah seriously and i know i know you got plans to to dominate la pretty soon right Yes, yeah, so we've been working on the space in Sherman Oaks for a while, and and I I, I picked Sherman Oaks specifically because my culinary career, as it was, started in the Valley, and uh, in the San Fernando Valley, and there, there's really not much there as far as what we do at Donna Jean. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sure, there's like Crossroads and and Plant Food and Wine and all that stuff, but those are all kind of on the in Hollywood and on the West Side. And if you know much about LA, you kind of stick to your bubble because yeah. it's so long to get everywhere. So we're really focused on being a neighborhood restaurant and right where we are in Sherman Oaks, like we're not on Ventura Boulevard for a reason. I wanted to be back into the neighborhood a little bit more. So there are literally hundreds of thousands of people that just live around the restaurant, right? Right behind the restaurant, there's people's garages because there's a whole neighborhood behind us and everything. Yeah. So that was really the focus to me is to come back to the Valley and then do it in the middle of where people live and, and provide something that just really isn't around there. You know, there's a lot of vegan Thai restaurants, which are delicious and mm-hmm. I love them, but there's no handmade pasta or pizza or anything like that. You know, the, and especially full service with a beer and wine bar and that whole thing, which is what we're, we're doing. Yeah. Well. And Donna Jean is amazing. And the tech officially for the listeners, is it Donna Jean's apostrophe S or Donna Jean? Just Donna Jean. Right. Yeah. Okay. I, I, it's funny when people always add, People always add apostrophes, and I blame Denny's. But um, right, <laughs> let's go to Don and Jean. Stop. Um, yeah. it's so like it's, it's not the Deftones, you know. Yeah, like exactly. Add an extra thing on there. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's not the Descendants. It's you know. Exactly. But um, but it is the Misfits. So right. or is it? Or is it? <laughs> Who knows? Um, but so so it sounds like the ethos behind behind your restaurant career or now is just like still that DIY punk rock hardcore kid making food. Yeah. It's like do it in the neighborhood instead of in the mall, do it in, you know, kind of anti-establishment. You're making all vegan food from scratch and it's all delicious, right? Um, yeah. You got good stuff. Are you sponsored by Bianco di Napoli tomatoes? <laughs> you know, no, but it's funny. We started using them and then uh, all of a sudden the guy, not, not Chris Bianco, but the, there's like regional salespeople for Bianco mm-hmm. and they showed up at the restaurant and then they started asking us, well, how much do you use? We'll make sure that we harvest enough and make sure you guys have, you know, and then they just nice. like send that's every year and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I mean, we're not sponsored, but we, we, we uh, we're happy to use their products. I think it's really, really yeah. Cool. Light, light partners. Um, so how much do you use in a given month or year or whatever? Uh, I mean, a lot. Every time we every time we order, we order like five cases, and we go through that probably twice a week. 
at least. Okay, and that's that, a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, we're a pizza place, so and we use yeah. it in. A pizza, but you know, it's our base sauce is just it's tomatoes with a little bit of olive oil and salt, and that's it. We base everything else on top of that. Keep it simple. Yeah, very simple. I love it. But, yeah, I love it. As you 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 mentioned the whole ethos of what I do, yeah. and I don't think that I'm unique in this because there are so many you know, ex musicians for lack of a better term that mm-hmm. have fallen into the restaurant industry mm-hmm. because it's so similar. You know, the only yeah. thing is yeah. you're not selling in a van, you know, it's like, I'm, <laughs> you know, to me, creating recipes and, and everything is like crafting a song, you know, you start with nothing mm-hmm. and you collaborate with people because my idea might be cool, but added it with five other ideas you bring it to the best that it could possibly be and, uh, and then also at, in my band specifically um well, when i moved here to, to san diego i joined a band called the material and that was the band i was in the longest we were together for like seven years mm-hmm. uh, did a lot with it but we never had a label we never had a manager we never had a booking agent and we did everything ourselves so that that work aesthetic is is um transferred into how i run a restaurant i just hired my general manager for for la and she's like wait you do all the accounting i'm like yeah i don't want to hand that off to anybody else because i want to know where my money goes and she was like very surprised about how hands-on i am still as an owner i still work the line i still recipe develop i still write all the bills i you know do all that kind of stuff because that's just how i like to work i like to be involved in it that's cool. Yeah. You don't want to, I don't know. It, it sounds like you're always going to be a hands-on owner because you're. Yeah. I don't think that Donna Jean will be one of those places that has 10 locations because it's just not what it is. You know, I think two, I, w- I, I say to myself, if we make it to five, I think that's more than I should probably handle because it is a very kind of personal thing mm-hmm. in the way that we operate. It's, it's, it's kind of complicated, but also there's a purpose behind all of it. You know, yeah. you know, for example, we order from three local farms and have three produce vendors or like dry goods and produce vendors, and then all these wine vendors and all this stuff. But it's because we're very specific to San Diego, like, you know, you'll probably know these places we order directly from Shaner Farms. We order directly from JR Organics. We mm-hmm. order directly from Linford Farms, which was a, a, a um, a previous cook of mine and that all creates the donna jean like ecosystem basically nice. of you know you you get what you get at donna jean is is specific to kind of what we do we make our own cheese we make our own hot sauce we make our own pickles like everything that is in our restaurant is because we made it because that's how we want it to be you know i love it it's like being an independent musician right 100 percent. yeah yeah that's a, that's a everybody great knows a rock song, but like there's a dogwood song, there's a coke song, there's a spoken song. Like everybody does, thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, I mean it's you're right. I I was just explaining this to somebody else, and people tell me too. It's like, or when when they ask me the the relation, it it is a similarity that you're talking about because, I mean, when I, when we were on tour, I was I got sick of eating the food that was on the road for one thing. So I had to start cooking some stuff or, yeah. you know, barbecue at someone's house and we couldn't, we're not going to afford to go out to fancy restaurants. So what are we, we're barbecuing at someone's house after the show or before the show yeah. or whatever, or the festivals, of course. Um, it's cheaper for one thing, but 
you learn how to do stuff without knowing it. And then yeah. I was, you know, I, I, what was your, what was your culinary journey? Like, uh, is it called Donna Jean? Is, is that your mom's name, right? That was my, yeah, my mom's name. She, she, uh, she passed away from breast cancer. It's almost 10 years ago at this point. Mm, sorry. Uh, so this was kind of like an homage to her, right. you know, um, is she a so vegan? She was not, but, um, definitely a lot of home cooked stuff. You know, she grew up on a farm as mm. well. Um, and I would go back, we would spend our summers there and it was, it was really cool growing up that way. I went back there recently for my grandma's 90th birthday and it's still the same, you know, it's like, they're still growing with, you know, eating what they grow and, mm. and not really buying much on top of that, as far as vegetables and stuff goes. So it's, it's really, it was really oh, cool. That's really cool. Go back to that and see it because I think it's a, it's definitely a lost thing. This is why we have a little garden on our patio. because like, I want people to see that food grows. It's not just this thing you find in the grocery store, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's, that was a whole, that was something that was very important. And, you know, and in LA, we're not going to have an outdoor patio, but we're still going to try to grow things inside the best that we can. Mm-hmm. We have a planter boxes and everything inside to kind of get that inside outside field, you know? And you're using the stuff that you're growing in the restaurant on the foods. We do, you know, it it doesn't provide hardly enough, but at least it's there. You know, it's like, we've got parsley growing out there that we'll grab when we use. We we have, we have a cayenne plant that we planted right when we opened. So it's been there for five years and it's still producing fruit. And so I just off to, um, to, so I said, we, we make our own cheeses, but it's become a separate business now. So it's called Scratch House. Um, it was all the stuff that we made in house uh, by mm-hmm. my former head chef. And we developed it into a commissary kitchen slash he's working on making it a retail thing. So I, when I pull all those, um, when we pull those peppers off, it's hand to him and it turns off, you know, part of the next batch of hot sauce or whatever. So that's amazing. That's Tony, right? Yeah, Tony. Yeah, he's great. You should talk to him at some point too. He's a, he's, <laughs> He's a, he's a cool guy. He's very, there are a few people that you find in your life that have similar work ethics to you. And he's one of those guys. And he just understands the, the you know, just understands the whole thought process behind making everything from scratch and, and mm-hmm. doing something with purpose, you know, love that. And, and he's a, and he's a hardcore kid, right? <laughs> yeah. Hardcore, but he's, I think he, I think he falls more in like, the weird new metal side of things his favorite album <laughs> of all time impossible Two soundtrack which just sounds really weird but it's like huh. <laughs> it's like this hodgepodge of a bunch of new metal at the time which is really okay funny. <laughs> I'm a new metal fan gotcha so, I, I no no that's fine i mean steve i just said that because steven told me that he was i was listening i was listening to knocked loose in the kitchen and oh. he's like oh chef tony loves knocked loose and i was yeah. like okay so he's a hardcore guy <laughs> knocked loose is so good I can't they, believe how good they're little, little they dudes. Are amazing. <laughs> there, and, there's so much good new metal now. Uh, not new not, metal. N- not new metal, but new metal. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Knock Loose. There's this band, uh, Lorna Shore, that I really like a lot right now. Mm. Um, a lot of that kind of deathcore stuff. But I think Knock Loose is kind of pioneering this whole new wave of hardcore, making it kind of making it a scene again, which is kind of fun to see you know like a legit hardcore and he's you know the the guitar player he's got he's got a pretty deathy voice when he chimes in yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh was would you say that spoken is or was new metal to a certain degree 
I think their first record was, but then they really, when I joined, they were kind of on that track to be, to follow in the footsteps of bands like Stavesacre. I think that's kind mm-hmm. of where they wanted to go. Kind of okay. in that, I don't even know what you call that at the time. It was, it was just, um, I don't know. Rock. rock. Yeah. Rock. Rival yeah. schools. I still, I still go back and listen to Stavesacre a lot. I think they're really good, but I think that's really where, where Spoken wanted to be. And Matt has such a good voice. It was kind of wasted on the rap rock thing they were doing. Then the first. I always record. thought so. Yeah, yeah. I always yeah. thought he was uh, too good to be doing that a little bit. To, you yeah, know. and he's still going. But that's what that was the time. Yeah, now they're doing more of uh, the, the heavier radio rock thing. Heavier I, radio rock. Yeah, kind of. Like, check it out. <laughs> it's like it's like Breaking Benjamin with breakdowns. <laughs> I don't know okay. how else to describe it. <laughs> Breakdown Benjamin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so so you're so you're all over the gamut with the, the musical stuff with knocked loose and spoken and you're wearing a death shirt. And yeah. you know, um that's I've just a, gotten into um it's like that Americana country slash mm-hmm. stuff too. Like I really like Tyler Childers a lot. And I really, really like Chris Stapleton. He's super mm-hmm. super. I yeah. used to hate country, like hate it. And one of my, uh, my, my, we call it the dough manager at our restaurant. So the person that's in charge of the pizza, the pasta and all that kind of stuff and the bread, she started, was starting to listen to like old sixties country. And, mm-hmm. um, and then we just kind of, it just kind of opened my mind because I got used to that eighties country with, you know, like the Bridge boys in Alabama. And then it turned into oh. all like, yeah country type stuff that is the stereotypical like my dog died my truck broke down like all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff and then i just kind of discounted country as a whole and going back and listening to more of that storyteller stuff and then finding all these new guys that do it uh kind of opened me up to another because otherwise i just listen to really heavy music all the time so it's good to just kind of break it up (laughs) seriously yeah i mean i i know that that's not having a revival per se, but like the artists who do it, a lot of them are, <laughs> some of them too are also ho- old hardcore kids that are tired of screaming. And, yeah, you know, exactly. they have a, si- a side project, which is actually their solo stuff, which is actually probably songs that, that didn't make it into the band's repertoire. And they're just yeah. singing it with, with heart and, you know, yeah. with a, a less screamy voice. And it sounds good. You know, I like it. Like, uh, like City and Color is a really, really good example. Like uh, uh, he was in Alexis on Fire, but City on Color or City and Color is just taking on this whole other life and it's so so good. Shout out Wade. Um <laughs> I think I think I mean cuz you know Gallows is pretty Gallows is pretty intense and then he's like oh check out my new project so I check it out and it's like he's like singing you know. Yeah. <laughs> like this is a this is a nice a nice change of pace I guess but yeah. I use it I use music to cook in the kitchen and to make playlists for people's events and stuff like that that's kind of my, a fun thing for me to do so i'm not yeah. not just cooking the food i'm also <clears throat> creating that experience of the or, oral a-u-r-a-l experience of yeah putting that food with that music and say like you know i could pair food with knock loose or death or or chris stapleton whatever because i want you to experience a certain thing maybe the experience that they're building with the song because there's songs that make me feel something i've been into the to the black pumas a lot yeah. um really good really good just straight up soul kind of twangy guitar music not country per se but you know right old you know what i mean so like that and that puts me in a certain space 
yeah. to, to create, even, even if I need to create uh, music or anything like that, I listen to something like that to also inspire me to calm down or whatever. Again, right. But I also, I also use Zeo to calm down too. So, you know, <laughs> it puts me that the, the, the BPM sometimes helps me focus it because it takes all the, the jumble that's already in the head or the thought, the space, and it helps me almost meditate and center on a plate or something like that. You know, does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, that's kind of a kitchen ritual for me. If I'm the first one in the, in the morning or whatever, it's like, what, what do you have any like morning rituals or night rituals? Uh, my mornings lately is I try to start the day with silence because there's so much noise in my life, especially when I get to the restaurant, it's just noise, noise, noise. all mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. I usually wake up around five, five, between five and six or so. And, uh, try to go for a run, uh, do some exercise. I just get out aside for a little while. And then even if I'm the first one at the restaurant, I don't turn any music on or anything. If anything, I'll listen to NPR or I'm a big fan of Rachel Maddow. So I'll like listen to her podcast, Mm. something to kind of keep me informed on current events. But I don't turn music on until later in the day or I'll just let the kitchen come in and they turn on whatever they're going to turn on. And I don't Mm -hmm. police what people listen to in the kitchen because I want them to set a mood and set a tone for whatever keeps them going. Exactly. And every now like yesterday, I I turned on Sepultura. And I was like, I just feel like listening to Sepultura. And it turned into this Spotify station. And the cook that was working at the time was like, this is great. And we just left it on for a good portion of the day because it was it was kind of all over the place in the metal realm, but it, it kind of hit all the buttons for whatever we were feeling at the time. And it was nice. Sepultura, but, yes. Yeah. So it just, just... I, I pretty much let the kitchen do what they want, but mm-hmm. in the dining room, we keep it more uh, accessible, I guess. Less, oh, yeah. <laughs> less, I mean, less growling. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, we'll, we'll, you know, our, our go-to playlist, if, you know, because we just use Spotify. A lot of times, we'll throw on like Black Keys Radio or Jack White, or mm-hmm. um, I think Blood Orange was another one we put on a lot, or Snow Allegra. Like those are all style good yeah, just like something that is not abrasive it kind of gives you a, a just like a nice thing while you know, there's nothing that's really sticking out because so you can kind of focus on why you're there you know because we, we become more of like a, a date night spot more than anything else because we're kind of seen as the higher end vegan restaurant in town um so mm-hmm. we just don't want anything that's really kind of shocking people you know <laughs> or after service we'll we'll blast whatever out front you know yeah but when we're not open but when, when we're open we try to make sure it's a, a comfortable experience for everybody this goes out to you bankers hill <laughs> i think that um i think you could get away with playing turnstile in the lobby yeah that was so good yeah i would love that because they're uh, there it's like heart he's like screaming but he's kind of screaming like they scream on the radio you know what i mean do you get i get the sense of from from turnstile they remind me a lot of, of Snapcase in like the night. Yeah, that's what I tell people. I tell people yeah. if you want a, a, a gateway, go, you know, it, they're a hybrid. I, I tell people Snapcase 311 orange nine millimeter um, helmet. Yeah. I can see all that. Hardcore helmet vibes. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely Snapcase. You know, um, I wonder what Snapcase thinks about Turnstile. Like, because, <laughs> but I, I mean, 
I like I like turnstile. It's just like they have that sound that's like uh, like you said, accessible. Yeah. I think I think that if you go to if you go to their did you go to their shows in San Diego when they before they were popular? Uh, I haven't. I haven't. I you know, I've been so busy. I, I I don't get to go to shows. I think the wow. last show I went to see was uh, I think lights. I really my wife and I really like lights a lot, and I believe we went. So I, I saw her and so I went to see her in L.A. And the next night I found out was she said something about vegan pizza on stage in L.A. So hmm. I found in in san diego the next night so i got a hold of their manager and i was like can i deliver pizzas and they're like yeah of course of course we want free food so they, <laughs> I, I brought pizzas to the show got to go into the show and then got to meet her and the, the band after the show and i feel like that was probably the last show i went to and that was kind of pre-pandemic and oh, okay. i was yeah i i've been i've been i really wanted to go see black dahlia murder and a couple other bands and nice. it was the house of blues and one of my good friends is like, let's go. And I was like, ah, if it was just me and I didn't have my wife and 30 employees to, to think about, I would go. But mm-hmm. I'm going to be an adult and not go do a show right now. <laughs> I feel you, yeah. Bunch of people, you know? I know it's been very conflicted. And, uh, and I, I tell even event people, uh, if we're doing a tasting room, I was like, I have to be the most careful almost. Like, because if I, or the person in, like whoever the lead chef is on the event, if they get sick, what are you going to do? Like are not not sick, but even if they test positive or whatever, it's like, are you gonna cancel your wedding? No. Um, right. and you know, so like let's just let's just keep rolling with it and, and be smart and safe. And yeah, I don't care. I don't really care what you think. I just wanna be safe, you know. <laughs> yeah, just leave, leave the politics out of it. You know, there there are real life consequences to, you know, to what's happening in the restaurant industry or or just any industry. It's not just restaurant industry, just mm-hmm. the way that this new variant is spreading it's it's insane we were down in the last two weeks we've been down 10 people Mm. just at various different times and i was talking to Corey, who's the um the owner of kindred and one week he was down nine people which is why you see so many uh so many places with hours fluctuating you know or or styles of service fluctuating you know Mm -hmm. Uh, we did to go only brunch last weekend because I was down a dishwasher and I only had one cook in myself. You know, it just was one of those things that happened, but we still wanted to stay open yeah. and, and try to try to work through it, you know? So it's, it's definitely a, a very interesting and challenging time to do this. And I'm sure yeah. on the case with, with what you get do, I'm sure there's a, more challenges that I'm not even thinking about, you know? Yeah. I, I, I guess ours is like, because it's bigger events, uh, like mm-hmm. uh, quantity wise of people. Um, that's just, the one challenge and then of course venues sometimes venues will just say no 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 but yeah. I'm, i mean on a, i could imagine on a restaurant side because it's like day, daily 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 with with people or whatever so i don't know i just need people i just need people to be more nice and flexible and cool yeah. on, uh, on my staff and team and the public you know uh, yeah. <laughs> i just need more we need more of that we need more more goodness like that because mm-hmm. yeah it sucks for everybody it yeah. sucks for everybody but yeah i'm is your wife in the industry too? No, um, she, her and I are very different in what we do. Um, she has always been, her, her primary focus was uh, domestic violence prevention. That's what she mm. went to school for. But uh, more recently, she's a uh, community college professor, uh, psychology. And, um, she's been doing that for a while. She teaches online now for LA Community College. And then she just picked up... Um, 
San, San Diego Community College. She's taught for Cal Lutheran, just whatever. She's adjunct, so she kind of she has her main classes that cool. she does for LA Community College, and then she just picks other, a couple other ones. So I love it. So she's she's into mental health and you know oh, keeping people. Yeah, my wife is a therapist also, so she, she's into the psychology, and um, so we have fun fun conversations. Hey, how are you feeling today? Just kidding. <laughs> tell, <laughs> tell me about your life now. Sure. Um, it, but it's, I guess it's good to have somebody like that in your household to, for the most part, you know, like sometimes I don't want to say anything, but uh, she, she can get it. <laughs> she can get it out of me for sure. But no, right. it's fun. Um, and I've known her as, you know, I've known her the whole time I've been doing music and band stuff. So that's, that's been a blessing. Same, my, we just had our 20th wedding anniversary. Then uh, she was, um, she was Congrats. 16, I was 19 when we met. So we, it's, we've grown up together. Oh, you, know, cool. she, you know, I'm a different person than I was when she met and mm-hmm. we've just grown up quite a bit. So does she call the restaurant your other wife? <laughs> <laughs> not, out loud. <laughs> not out loud. Not out loud. Okay. Not, that's good. That's a good thing. I was seeing yeah. if she like, like, you know, enjoys that journey with you or if she's like, that's your thing, you know? You know, it's, it's definitely a stressful thing. There's, I don't believe there's any real thing as work-life balance, but I try my hardest, uh, <laughs> you know? So you, mean you, I, you just put it kind of all in the same circle? Kind like of, but, I, but I, I, I've been working really hard to cut myself off after 10 hours a day, mm-hmm. you know, like you get there at six, I'll leave it at like four or something like that. And I, you know, the, my my biggest goal, and it, it gets harder in certain parts of times of the year because of the way that the sun goes down. But I always try to be home before the sun goes down, so we can take our dogs to the beach. Like that was my that's our time. Okay. That I come home, and then we walk the dogs to the beach, let them run around for an hour, and then we come back home, and then we have the rest of the night together. So this time of year, yeah, it's like I got to be home by four thirty, and sometimes that gets to be difficult. But in other times of the year, when it's not getting dark till seven or eight, that's great. Mm-hmm. But who doesn't think that spending sunset on the beach is a great time? You know, it's great. And yeah. our dog, we have three pug puppies. Well, one's a he's a mix, but they have so much energy, and we just let them just have a good time. <laughs> they're, pro- they're probably very popular at Dog Beach. Oh but, yeah, <laughs> everybody knows our dogs by name, but they don't. Know. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, are you the human? Okay. Yeah. Um, are you the pug people? Yeah, that's, that's the pug right. people. The pug pair. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Do, do your dogs? Do you play music and have your dogs dance around and stuff like that too? So I pulled my guitar out for the first time in a long time the other day, nice. and our oldest puppy, she is very like neurotic. I don't know what her deal is, but I pulled <laughs> it out. Just pulling the guitar out, she ran across the room. She had no idea what it was, and she was oh. really. But then I plucked the string and it was all over. She's like, no. And she ran away. So I had to put it away. Just couldn't figure out what she, it was. She can't handle the rock. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we, we have, my wife and I have this joke that if anything's new, Medi, who's the puppy, she's like, new, new, new. And she's like, runs away and she's like freaked out about it. So it's fine. You know, we just, we just try to try to keep things calm for her as much as we can. <laughs> That's probably good though. That keep that might keep you calmer, a little bit more calm too, right? Yeah, because you just, have to yeah. create that space. Yeah, I don't know what what her deal is, but we just we just work with it because we love her. <laughs> in in the morning when you wake up with silence, is that sort of like a centering meditation time or just like nothing? Um, it it helps me 
kind of figure out what I'm doing that day. You know, I, I just kind of think about what I need to get accomplished in the day. And, mm-hmm. and just, yeah, gen- generally just not pummeling myself with noise. You know, it, it definitely, I guess a, a, it's a kind of a centering process. I don't listen to music when I run either because mm-hmm. I kind of that for time to think about what I'm doing or think about nothing, just whatever. It's just like a time to just do something that's for myself and for my health and, and just trying to, to focus on that. Um, and I'll, I'll do anywhere between two and four miles. And I just use that time to just, just alone time, you know, mm-hmm. because the rest of my day I'm around 15 to 20 people. So right. there's very little time that's just my own. So that, that, is what I use that that's why I get up at five o'clock in the morning. That time is like mine, you know, that's cool. Um, let's do some, let's do some food and music pairings. Okay. <laughs> so at Donna Jean, I, when I went there, I had, we had the fried moist oyster mushrooms as the fried chicken kind of dish. Right. Yeah. Um, and then we had the Mac and cheese. Yeah. Staple of the restaurant. Right. And then of course, of course we had a, we had a Calabrian chili pizza, I think something like okay. that. Um, yeah, and, like probably probably like the the killer queen or something like that, something spicy. Yes, it was. Everything had a nice heat to it. Yeah. Um, and then we we had some we drank some Boochcraft, and okay. I had a a local I think it was a local Mexican lager. Um, yeah. So we so those are some food pairings, and then uh, what do you think? What kind of a hard hard music or whatever would you pair with that dish or, <laughs> or that 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 meal? That meal? Oh my gosh, I don't know. Yeah, or just one of the dishes, whatever. Yeah, I feel like the so when I do spicy stuff, I never try to make it. I like it to, I like spicy that tastes good, right? Like the spice is there, so it just kind of like I always like for um for like a visual thing, I like something to come in and like kind of go back out, mm-hmm. kind of like fills you and warms you up, as opposed to just hitting you and just punching you in the face. So it wouldn't be like knock loose because I feel like <laughs> that was my first thought when you said that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't know. Like think of something like, uh, I don't know, something like fade to black from Metallica. Like it starts in this like space, but then it kind of builds mm-hmm. into the thing, you know? So I feel like that's would be kind of like how I look at food. Like it's it kind of like builds the story as you are, are, are eating it. So it's, it's never, it's never, just punch you in the face. Like, I don't think I season or do anything that way. I want it to kind of be like, Oh, well, that's interesting. Oh, that's interesting. And it just kind of builds into something mm-hmm. else, you know? Nice. Fade to black is a good choice. I'm, now, <laughs> now, now that's stuck in my head. Yeah, <laughs> Cause I'm thinking of different parts of that song with different food that we had on that, that night. Um, that's, that's a good, that's a good choice. Are, are you a big Metallica fan? Yeah, probably more than I should be. I really like <laughs> What is more than you should be? Well, I don't like St. Anger, so I think that would push me over the edge into a more than I should be Metallica. Okay. You're right there. It, You're right there. Yeah, you know, I, I get into these rabbit holes quite often of just kind of going backwards. Metallica in, in the 90s could not be touched. They were the best band ever. And I go back to that. I, I love mm-hmm. watching bands in their prime, like late 90s, early 2000s, Slipknot. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Before the first note was even struck, the crowd was going crazy. Sure, I yeah. Kind of watch that, you know, just, just, yeah, bands that are just really just totally dialed in. And, you know, that, that, that inspires me to do what I do and just think of how simple four guys on a stage is and just like 
crushing it. Mm-hmm. And it, it just really makes me want to be better at what I do, you know, it's just to see that, that, that can be so good that I can apply that to what I'm yeah. doing. That's cool. I, so, so what, uh, what on your menu would you pair with your favorite Metallica songs? Oh my goodness. I don't know. I think, I think for that, it's just kind of an overall idea because I'm, I'm in a place now where I have simplified my menu to 18, you know, um, and this is kind of an approach that I see Chris Bianco take, uh, um, what's his name? Vedia from out in, uh, in Pennsylvania, Mm -hmm. Uh, um, just like small, concise, be really good at those handful Mm -hmm. of things and be mm-hmm. consistent at it. and i think that kind of goes back to the whole 90s Metallica thing i was talking about i was like four guys putting out a really good record and then being <laughs> consistent at it the whole entire time you know and yes. just not frills and not not a lot of things you know it's just like it's just guitar bass drums vocals and just put it out there and make it really good you know who does that really well in the food industry is in and out burger yeah um, 100%. small menu like never changing probably never going to change it. Right. Uh, <laughs> and they, every single place is crushing it. Like, yep. um, because you know what it is. Like, I mean, I guess, I guess McDonald's is technically consistent, but it's like shit food, you know, but like yeah. in and out good, good, good across the board. Even the, I mean, I go there and sometimes I just, I get the vegan stuff. I just want a grilled cheese or a yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's always good. So I, I drove you know. by the in and out on uh, sports arena the other day. Oh my God. They had just gotten their produce order and it was literally a pallet of onions, a pallet of lettuce. <laughs> it's yeah. like, that's all they use. So it's mm-hmm. it pretty interesting to just kind of see it. I was like, oh yeah, I mean, I get it. But that, yeah, they only use a handful of ingredients, which is pretty amazing. Literally, and that's, yeah. that's kind of what, you know, our, our menu is a little bit more intricate than that, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our, our, but, <laughs> but, you know, I'm focusing on what is growing locally. What mm-hmm. can I and just trying to order small amounts of that stuff you know so just yeah. being an operation like that really kind of helps focus in on yeah i don't need 27 different things to make one dish really good you know? right that's true i mean um you could no seriously i mean people i don't think people outside of the industry understand what like what's in what's what we're doing in the kitchen really which is cool is we're kind of like magicians in a sense um <laughs> making the whatever even if it's super simple you know salt and right. pepper on a on a thing could be a, a great thing um but the, but there's also like stuff like mole or my salsas that are actually taking three days to make and then you they oh chip boom dip gone yeah. I'll, I'll buy some you know it's like okay right. i'm glad you enjoy it but there's there's so much more to it and hey the same can be said for one of your favorite songs that you've ever written or sang or whatever it's like a lot went into it. I was crying when I wrote it. Um, you know, it's about my family member or whatever. And, but now it's just sitting here on a scratch CD in your car, like just playing and you just, you listen to it on a, you know, in the background or whatever. <laughs> um, so, but we put a lot into that and yeah. yeah that, we, we try to focus on as far as the restaurant goes, we try to focus on telling that story of why. Yeah. Or the why, the how, the what, you know, all that stuff. So, like mm-hmm. for example, our hot sauce is a two-month fermentation, lacto-ferment. So yeah. our people don't know that 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 minimum two months. So it is really just peppers, salt, vinegar. That's it. Uh, but but that time, like I really love time as an ingredient. Like really love time as an ingredient. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. just letting things happen. Our, our pizza dough is minimum seventy-two hours. 
you know, it's just really kind of letting it do its thing and build yeah. flavor and all that kind of stuff. So I, I, we, we try to tell that story about, yeah, yeah, it takes a lot of time to make all this stuff. And then also this is where the ingredients come from and not being shy about letting people know that, you know, we, we practice what we preach. We're not one of those places that say we do something and then, then don't actually do it, you know? Yeah, that's smart. I mean, yeah, I, it's just, it was really good. I, I think I was, when Steven took us there, I was, um, I had never had it, but he, he was talking about it, you know, Tony and yourself taught praising the place basically. Oh, also one of my other chefs is Adiel. She used to work there. Too. <laughs> Sorry. I was, but I understand because she lives up in Oceanside. So that makes sense. Yeah. The- yeah. So, and she's great too. She's, and she actually, she knows a lot about vegan, vegan cooking. Uh, yeah. She's been doing a lot more with Dr. Bronner's program and stuff like that. Um, but I, what I was saying was um, I was, I was delightfully impressed and I told everyone about the restaurant and, you know, just everything was good. Like, you know, it's not just pizza. It's not just mac and cheese. It's yeah. not just fried. It's like everything was just everything flows together almost like a if you the like the uh, the sequ- the sequencing on a record is if it, it, it's thoughtful. Yeah. I think yeah. um, it's not just slapped together or whatever. It's like and I think uh, Stephen had a good p- part in like kind of building that sequence of what we were eating and the server was really knowledgeable too. Um, and so it created a good experience, you know. Um, and there were, you know, two, two of us had brought dogs. So it was a dog friendly experience too. So it was just yeah. an overall cool thing. And it was a good curation, I think. Um, awesome. And I can appreciate that uh, from a musician standpoint and the food was rad yeah. from a chef standpoint too. So props to that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we, we don't have too much longer here, but like what, what's one thing that you've learned along the way? What could, what kind of wisdom nuggets can you drop on people, you know, through all this? Um, I one thing that I, I think about a lot is that so I'm 45. I've been doing this since I was 19. And I feel like if you say, you know, everything, you've made a decision to not learn anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I really try to stay open to learning new things. And I got into cooking late in the game. So I know there's so much that I don't know. Um, and even with, running a restaurant there's so much i don't know there's so much adjusting and so much kind of figuring things out so mm-hmm. i try to tell people that always 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 try to stay curious and try to learn stuff um so that that's one thing that i, I think is really important one thing i've learned is to keep learning basically yeah you know um so i think that was that, that'd be kind of the biggest thing for sure always be learning teaching always. and stay humble yeah, and, <laughs> and, yeah, and and don't be selfish with knowledge either. You know, mm-hmm. I, you, there's a lot of stuff we've done at the restaurant where I had to fight for the knowledge, but then I also want to share it because, mm-hmm. you know, we, when we started pizza, there, there's not a whole lot out there uh, informationally for commercial pizza stuff. It's, there's a lot of stuff for the home cook and I had never done pizza on a professional level. So I had to figure it out. And now that I have my way of doing it, now I'm teaching pizza classes and, and, and teaching people how to do it. And I'm not, I'm yeah. not shy people how we do things. Like it's not a secret. You're probably not going to want to go through this whole process. So I'm going to tell you how to do it anyway. It's like, yeah, it takes us five days to make a pizza. You're probably not going to want to do that, but this is why we do it. And this is how we do it. And this is the reasons why we do it this way. So I like to, to talk about it and let people know that's why we do things and, cool. and 
And I also think from like a, from a management standpoint, hiring chefs, it's really hard to get people to think about not just being creative. It's like, it's all the mundane stuff. It's like, how are you with spreadsheets? How are you with uh, adult babysitting for lack of a better term? How are you with, with working within a budget, you know? Because everybody wants to be a chef because they saw it on TV or, or they want to skip from being a line cook right into being an executive chef. It's like, no, there's a lot that goes into it. And, and 10% of your time is creating. The rest of it is ex- executing. And maybe mm-hmm. not even 10%. It might just be of your time. Yeah. Is, and then the rest of it is executing not just the menu, but also it's a business at the end of the day. you got to run Seriously. it. I think, I think a good thing for chefs in general, if you're listening out there, young chefs, um, when, <laughs> when, uh, if you want to become an executive chef and when you do, I think it'd be good to also be a front of house manager at some point, you know, um, just to kind of get the other side, you know, we've all been, uh, you and I have been every in a server, busser, dishwasher, everything yeah. kind of, but, uh, under executive chef, but like those jobs are important to the upper management levels. And I don't think, I don't think anyone straight out of culinary school should be, you know, at a high level personally, because I, I learned a lot more being, I learned a lot more being on the line and burning myself and doing all this stuff than I did at school. You know, you have to wash dishes to appreciate what the dishwasher does. You have to host to mm-hmm. appreciate. And then just really looking at it as a team that is working towards the same goal, not this like, front of house, back of house, rivalry, whatever, like that stuff doesn't fly in my, in my restaurant. Everybody yeah. has to be on the same page. So I, I think in a good, a good, uh, good companies who do management training, they actually have, you, you're a, you get trained on every single position in the, mm-hmm. <laughs> when I got trained for front of house management at one place, uh, oh, it was Carl Strauss. Um, I worked line cook. I were, I did dish pit for a little bit. They had me hosting and stuff like that too. So I think it's smart to do that because you get the perspective you know, like you said, there won't be as, as much rivalry, hopefully if you're mature in it, but you know, I mean, I don't know, I don't know how that relates to the music industry per se, but you know, I don't know if I, I wouldn't be able to handle being maybe like a record executive per se, but I could do A&R. I could do, uh, I, I do a lot of songwriting collaborations with other artists now who are younger and just need a little bit of need one word or a harmony on a song. It's like, try this. Yeah. I don't want to stop learning or stop helping. And, um, no, sounds like you're not. on the same path. sounds like you're on the same wavelength. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope that when I'm 60, I'm still learning something because it just keeps things interesting. You know, seriously, when, when is your new restaurant opening? Um, supposed to do the soft opening next month. So February, 2022. Okay. Um, so we're, we're just kind of in the process of, um, trying to get the final health inspection, um, our electrician just got COVID, so he's out for a little bit, and that was like holding up another part of one of our. Of course. So, so of course. Again, COVID coming back up, messing things up. But yeah, can I you, mean, it's a long project, but it'll be sometime next month that we open. Can you sure. plan on the twenty second of February? So it's two twenty two twenty two. Funny is that February twenty second was the day that we opened the San Diego uh, Donna Jean. Perfect. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll, I think this will all tie into our five-year anniversary of San Diego because this February will be five years that we've been open and then we'll open our new one in five years. So it's, you know, everything is, you know, it's taken forever to, to open this thing, but it's it's all kind of, I just kind of keep telling myself that it's happening at the right time. You know, maybe two <laughs> years or a year ago, we weren't ready to do it. Sure. Now we're ready. So, 
are you last question i guess is are you um is it the same menu and everything as the san diego location are you doing anything different it, it will start out as the same menu but i i do want it to have a, at least somewhat of a life of its own because even if you look at roberta's who i love the the restaurant in bushwick is serving different things in the restaurant in Culver City. So I wanted to kind of be part of that neighborhood. I think I always go back to Mendocino Farms as a good example too. Mm -hmm. their, their menu is the same across the board, but the feel of the restaurant is specific to the neighborhood, which I think is yeah. really cool. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's a good idea, I guess, you know? And are, yeah. you gonna be, are you gonna be executive chef at the LA one for a while? Yeah, I, I think overall I, I'm the creative lead. But then at the same time, I want to give my team a chance to have a say in what's going on. So I'll bounce back and forth uh, between the two restaurants. But I, I'm really focused on building really good teams for both restaurants. Because I'm nice. only one only be in one place at a time. Yeah. And that, that two hour drive, you know, it's like I, I can make it, but it's not like if, hey, we're short of dishwasher. Yeah, I'll be there in two hours. You know, it's like I can't, I'm only one person. You know, I can only yeah. do so. You're only one person. Um, <laughs> that's that's true. You haven't figured that one out yet. But <laughs> cool, man. Hey, I appreciate you. You're talking to me this morning. Yeah, I appreciate you. You reaching out to me because this was a lot of fun. This is a lot of fun. I got to come by the restaurant again. Um, do some music pairings, new new foods and new music pairings. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Whenever you know, I know you're not, you're you're done by four o'clock usually, but maybe I'll get in there earlier. I'm 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 around. If you tell me you're coming, I'll be there. Sick. Okay. Well, yeah. let's and then also we got to make some music together. Yeah, of course. I'll, so I'll pull out the car when the when the puppy's not around. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was gonna say put a blind <laughs> put a blindfold on the dog and then yeah. you know, bust it out. <laughs> right. Cool, man. Hey, chef. Well, I appreciate it and uh, have a good rest of your day. Yeah, you too. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye. Cheers. <laughs> All right, all right. There it was. Myself talking to Chef Roy Elam from Donna Jean, Spoken, The Material, and Cope. He does a lot of stuff. And of course, you know, he has a dog too. So that's a lot of a lot of work right there to maintain all that stuff. So thank you, Roy, for your your time. And uh, if you're in the San Diego area or soon Sherman Oaks in Los Angeles, be sure to visit his restaurant, Donna Jean, because the food is utterly delicious and it's all vegan. But uh, even if you are not in the, into the vegan lifestyle or diet, it's still, it's really, really good food. Just please take my word for it um, as a food lover, as a chef, as a uh, devourer of deliciousness. It is very good, very good food. Of course, special thanks to Thousand Islands Records and the band Bring On The Storm. Check out that music if you didn't get a chance to hear the very beginning of this show episode. It's on the front of this one, and be sure to, you know, you can check them out online. I put all the links in the show notes. As you know, I like to do that for you. There's always other, there's always some Easter eggs in the links. There's always links to other fun stuff. I got stuff in there for a free trial of Amazon Music, Audible Plus, a Kindle, all that kind of fun stuff. Every once in a while, I'll put links in there for discounts on vinyl records because I, I do I do collect vinyl records and I get discount codes from different labels and different um, 
the different stores that I use to, to buy stuff from. So just keep an eye in the show notes because I always put stuff and or on my Instagram page, sometimes in my stories. I'll, I'll put stories to links to a special merchandise. Um, not necessarily, it's not mine and it's not stuff I'm selling, but I always like to support independent artists, support independent labels. So if you've, if you've heard my other episodes, I'm always kind of trying to push independent labels and artists like, say, for example, Thousand Islands Records or Wiretap Records or Sell the Heart Records. Those are just uh, off the top of my head to name a few. So if I get a chance, uh, I buy those vinyl records to support the artist and the label because that's where I came from. That's my that's my roots in the music scene, right? So, um, yeah, before I get out of here, I wanted to say thank you again. I am Chef Josh. This is my podcast. I am uh, not the only punk chef out there. I support all punk chefs out there, all the people who do punk chef pairings and events and who are just punk rockers in, in life in general because because um yeah i don't i don't know uh that many people who don't enjoy music and who don't enjoy food so i do both let's do it both so shout out to all the other punk chefs out there i applaud you i've even had some on the podcast so (laughs) um thanks for listening please share the show with a friend share the show with uh an enemy a loved one whoever you want to share the show with i don't care and I am going to play one of Roy's songs at the, after this talk. It is going to be by his band, The Material, the, when they were a San Diego band. Now, if you look on their website, it says they're a Los Angeles band. But whatever, you know, maybe they wanted a, just a bigger city with more venues and stuff. But whatever. Always San Diego at heart, right? So uh, the, song is, the song is Born to Make a Sound, and it's by The Material. Uh, I put links in the show notes. I don't need to say it again, but I did. So also, uh, let's see here. That's about it. I'm going to go. All right. I'll talk to you next week on the family cast. Follow me on Instagram.com. And have you heard of that website? Just kidding. Instagram.com forward slash the family cast. And we'll just take it from there. Okay, everybody be safe, be strong, be wise, be kind. Yes. Be kind. Definitely be kind. And if you still have your parents around, that's cool. Give them a call. Give them a hug if you can. And just be nice to one another. I always say that, you know why? Because there's a lot of people being mean and short with each other out there just everyone take a deep breath don't tailgate each other on freeway don't honk just be patient (laughs) at least i maybe i'm just talking to myself here but i need more i need more kindness and patience in my life anyways chef josh out of here ciao
Thanks for listening to the Family Cast. Food and music is life, yes? Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, Xander. 